Okay, Nesivas Shalom, Parshas Vayechi. For those who have the Sefer, if anybody's listening to this, it's page Shin Yud Gimel. So the Pasuk says that when, when Yaakov Avinu gathers his children, he calls to his children, the way the article translates is that then Yaakov called for his sons and said, assemble yourselves and I'll tell you what will befall you in the end of days. What will befall you at the end, at the end of time. I think Rashi brings it down here. Uh, yeah, Rashi brings the Gemara that uh, the Gemara in Psachim that says Bikesh Legalis Zakates. He wanted to reveal to them what would be at the end of time. The Nistalkim and Shechina and the Shechina left him. It, it, it abandoned him. And he started telling other tell them other things. Says the Rebbe. If you, it should enter your mind, if you should think that Yaakov Avinu did not reveal to them what he meant to reveal to them, why would it tell us what Yaakov wanted and then didn't do? Right? The Torah doesn't tell us like things that people wanted to do and then didn't do. Right? It tells us what people did. The Torah tells us, Elevada Yishtalim. It must be that Yaakov did complete his desire. Whatever he, met, he needed to reveal, he revealed. The Sosim and the Zerah goes on that he concealed other things. Right? So it sounds like at, fir- at first glance that the Zerah is arguing with the Gemara, right? Because the Gemara is saying that Yaakov wanted to reveal them, to them what would happen at the end of time, and, uh, and he couldn't. The Shechina left him, and he no longer had that information. The Zara is saying, not possible. The Torah is not telling me about things that Yaakov wanted to do, but didn't do. So really, he did tell them. Okay, so how do we reconcile the Zayar with the, with, the, with the Gemara? And we know that the Torah's words are, not, uh, are never flawed. They're always perfect. So there must be some explanations. Pirish, he explains. The Torah would not bother to tell me something that, was not, that didn't come through, that didn't, that didn't, that come, didn't come to fruition. Says the Zayar that Yaakov did reveal it to them. There was a part that was revealed, and there was a part that was hidden. For you and Shem, he says, okay, you can speak, see how the Zayar explains this. So what does that mean? So Yaakov wanted to tell them something about the end of time. He did tell them something about the end of time, but maybe not as clearly, or maybe part of it was concealed. But not that he didn't tell them something about the end of time. So we need to understand what was, what was happening here. What did Yaakov want to tell them? What did he tell them? What information did he tell us? We're, we're living in that generation of Achras Hayyamim. We're that generation of the people who, this is the end of time. Yaakov Inu is sending us a message. And you'll see that this is very, very, very uh, critical and very relevant to the times that we're living in. So he says, What was the portion that Yaakov revealed? That whatever was needed to be revealed was revealed. And what remained hidden? He quotes the Be- the base of Ram, who uh, who quotes the the Rebbe Rabbi Shmuel from Kaminka. 
on this Pasuk, gather together and I will tell you. So he says that these words mean more than what they seem to mean. Means, literally means, gather together and I will, t- I will retell to you. Agidu, I will tell to you. But he says, Vagida, Miloshin Ogud. There's a concept that comes up in many places in Halacha, but it, com- uh, it comes up by Sukkah, right? If you have Schach, whether it's Ogud, uh, whether it's, if it's connected, if it's too firmly connected, it's not kosher as Schach. So the, 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 the Sugi of Igud. Igud means bundles, combined, things that are combined. So he says, Miloshin Ogud. Gather together and bind yourselves together. This is what Yaakov is telling us. Again, not the Pashat Pshat, but Yaakov is telling the, the, his sons, I want you to gather, but not just gather. I want you to vagidu. I want you to, to, to bundle yourselves together, to connect yourselves. Esashe yikra eschem, which literally means what will happen to you. But the word yikra is also, It'll be precious. Yikra, without the Aleph, it would spell Yakar, which is something that's very precious. Precious. The Chosh of is something that's very Chosh of, something that's very important. The Achras will be at the end of time. We can explain this. There's a famous, based on a Pasuk, but the, the Chazal tell us that it says in the, in the Pasuk, when it comes to the Geula, Rabavi has talked about this many times here in Shul, Shabbos, Shabbos morning, that it says about the Geula, in its time, I will rush it. So what does that mean? Either it's going to be in its time, or I'll rush it. If something's in its time, then it's not being rushed. If it's something's being rushed, it's not in the proper time. So the Gemara tells us, the Gemara in Sanhedrin says, If you're worthy, if the Jewish people are worthy to have the redemption rushed, so Hashem will rush it. If we don't, there is a deadline. There's at some point in, uh, there's some point in time in history where Hashem says, by then Mashiach will come regardless of whether you're worthy or not. But if you're worthy, it can come earlier. Yaakov Inu, in his words, was giving advice, counsel to the Jewish people. What to do when you're not worthy. What, what should you do when the Jewish people are not worthy of having Mashiach come? Then you should be Mekayim, the words that I'm telling you now, which is to gather and bind yourselves to each other. You should connect yourselves to each other. You'll be zoicha, you'll be, you'll be worthy even when you're not worthy. What does that mean? You'll be worthy. Yaakov is saying, if you find yourself in a situation when you're not worthy, I'm going to give you a secret. I'm going to give you like, uh, if you ever played video games as a kid, I was not a big video game guy, but I didn't know enough to know that the, in video games there were like cheat codes, right? There were ways like you can get like extra, extra power or extra lives. So Yaakov's going to say, even if it comes to a point in Jewish history where you're not worthy of, of Mashiach, I'm going to give you cheat codes, how you can make yourself worthy even though you're not worthy. You're not necessarily living like the way you're supposed to be living, but I'm going to teach you a secret that's going to make you worthy that you could, you could rush the gula, that you could rush the redemption. Right, this is a Pasuk that says, all of, all of the nation of Israel is, uh, is tzaddikim. Is that true? Is that possible? Has there ever been a time where every single Jew has been tzaddikim? That means that when you're all together, when you're all together, kulam means all of you, you're all together, so you're tzaddikim. This is one of the more famous teachings of the Naim Elimelech, the Rebbe Meilech of Lezhensk. There's a world 
that's called Kol Yisrael. We know that uh, exactly what this means, this is Kabbalistic, I don't really understand, but we know that there are, there, at any moment in time, there are many different planes at which existence is existing. Right? We tend to see the lowest, the lowest place of that. But there's, at every moment, there's also a place called Kol Yisrael. There's a place where all of Kal Yisrael is, is connected, all Kal Yisrael is combined. And in that place, where all of the Jewish people are connected, Asher Sham, Ein Chet. There is no sin, Ein Pe, Pesha, the worst type of sin. Ve'ein Shum Satan Nothing negative reaches that place. When the Jewish people are combined, and they're, on some level, all of our souls are connected, in that place, there's nothing, nothing bad. There's no negative there. In this world, after it filters down to many different levels, it seems like there's bad. It seems like there's things that, we, it seems that there are errors. But if we can connect back to the source of our neshamas, where we're all connected, nothing bad touches there. All sin is very individual. Sometimes the individual does an Avera. Sometimes we do something we shouldn't do. But the, the Klal Yisrael as a whole, the root of the souls of the Jewish people, that, is, that always remains pure and sanctified. It's always completely holy. This was the secret that Yaakov was revealing. That every, what the Zayar said that everything that needed to be revealed was revealed. Even if we, on this world, in that lower plane of existence, it's very clear that we're not worthy of redemption. We need to have achdus. We need to have unity and tap into that world of kol yisrael. In that way, we become worthy. He's going to explain now. Right on the next page. Yaakov wanted to reveal the end. and left him. It sounds almost like Yaakov is being punished. He wants to do something. Hashem doesn't want him to do it. And the Shechina leaves him. And the question is, what did he do wrong? Why did he, why did he, he deserve to have the Shechina separate from him, to leave him? He quotes Tzadikim, some of the Tzadikim, earlier Tzadikim of Slanim, other Tzadikim. If the Jewish people would be Zaycha, as we said before, Achishana, that Hashem rushes before the end of time, right? We said there's a set date on the calendar that Hashem says, by that date I'm bringing Mashiach regardless of what's going on. But if the Jewish people are worthy, it comes earlier. It what what is what is what is that? Yaakov saw, he assumed, he 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 understood how Jewish history would unfold, and he realized there's gonna be a problem that when it comes time, well, as we get closer, the later generations, we're not gonna be worthy on an objective level. The Jewish people are not living the way that they lived two thousand years ago before the base of English was destroyed, right? We're not on that level. So says Yaakovinu, there will come a time when you will desperately need Mashiach. You will desperately, but you will not be worthy to bring Mashiach before its time. It will not be the time yet, and you will not be worthy of, of bringing Mashiach based on your zchusim, based on your mitzvahs, based on your Torah learning, whatever it is, whatever the, whatever the criteria are. So what do you do then? What do you do if you're not worthy, but we need Mashiach already? 
This is what's included in the words of the Zara Kaddish that we quoted before. Everything that needed to be revealed, he revealed, but some parts were hidden. What he wanted to reveal, he revealed. He gave them this advice, this counsel. Even if you're in this situation where objectively you're not worthy. Gather together, join yourselves together. She is achtu yachad, join together. And that's how you will draw down the light of Mashiach. That's the part that he revealed. What part did he conceal? What part was not revealed? Who's Managulabita? That date. But that's not real. That wasn't Yaakov's really his main message. He wanted to give over the date, and that was that he was stopped for. But that wasn't his main message. His main message is what can you do to bring it before that date? Yaakov didn't want us to wait for the date, whatever that date is, which we weren't privy to. We don't know what that date is. But Yaakov didn't want us to wait for that date. He wanted us to have the tools to bring it earlier. Right, so that date that if you did nothing, but Yaakov doesn't want us to do nothing. Yaakov you know, is here talking to his children before the, the this is the beginning of the first Gullus, which we know that all the Gullus of, of Klai Yisrael are really continuations of Gullus Mitzrayim. And Yaakov you know, is saying, I don't want you, even if you knew the date, I don't want you to wait for that date. A Jew's job in this world is not to sit and say, I'll wait for that date. What can you do to bring it, bring, bring it earlier? And now you may not be on the level of the earlier tzaddikim. So what can you do? You can gather together. You could have achdos. Now he's going to explain a little bit more. And he explains it in terms of Shabbos. He says that we have a, there's a problem when it comes to achdos. There's a problem becomes achdos because naturally certain people just don't like each other. right? There, there's a certain human nature it's not so easy, you know, we talk about achdos, achdos, and people think, right, I've heard this many times from my Rebbe, that like people think that haknosis archim is like you have your best friend over for a meal on Shabbos. That's not haknosis archim, it might be nice, whatever, it's a nice thing, it's, but that's not haknosis archim, right? Haknosis archim is, sometimes it means the guy who doesn't have, who you don't particularly enjoy spending time with, but you have him, you have him over, right? Chesed is not the things that come naturally, Right? Giving your child a gift is not such chesed. It's chesed on some level, but it's not. Chesed is the thing that, you know, it's not so easy for you to give. It's not so easy for you to do. So says says the Nesiva Shalom, This is what Chazal tell us. It's a medrash. Shabbos mevia gula l'olam. The medrash tells us that Shabbos brings gula. Lefisha, Shabbos kodesh in yoni yichud. Shabbos kodesh, Shabbos is all about, is all about achdos. Shabbos is all about unification. Right, of those who daven Raza the Shabbos, the second paragraph of Kegavna that we say right before Baruchu, Friday night. Raza the Shabbos, the secret of Shabbos. Ihi, so Ihi is either referring to the secret of Shabbos or it's referring to Malchus, but without that's not necessary for us right now. Shabbos, this Achadas Baraza de Echad. Shabbos is the unification of this concept of one. Shabbos is also brings Jews together. Brings you Right, we know that when, when Hashem created the world, so Shabbos comes to Hashem with a complaint. You made seven days. So Sunday partners with Monday, or I think according to the Gross, Sunday partners with Wednesday. Uh, and then Monday, uh, Tuesday with Wednesday or Monday with Thursday. But every day, the first six days of the week have a partner. Each one has a partner 
in creation. Says Shabbos, who's my partner? Is it, you, made, you made an odd, odd number of days. Who do I partner with? Hashem answers Shabbos that your partner will be the Jewish people. So it sounds like a very cute idea, but what does that mean? What does that mean? Shabbos is saying, I don't have a corresponding day in the week. And Hashem says, you don't need a corresponding day, you're going to have Klal Yisrael. Shabbos is a time for achdos. You know, during the week, everybody's busy with their own, with their own stuff, right? Everybody's, everybody's got to get to their job, everybody's got to take care of their family, everybody's got to deal with, with their things that ha- come up during the week. Shabbos is a time for Jews to get together. And he gives a mashal. When there is junk on the heart, when you get caught up in silliness, when you're, when you're busy with things that are not important, or when you, when you insist on feeling insulted by something that somebody did, or even though it probably had nothing to do with you, right? You're walking down the street, and you see your friend, and you give him a big hello, and he just walks by. 99 out of 100 times, it has nothing to do with you. 99 out of 100 times, he just had a fight with his wife a few minutes ago. They're having a, they got a call, she got a call from her, from her kid's school. Something's bothering her. And so they just weren't in the mood to return that hello. 99 out of 100, if you know, I mean, anything about human nature, it's very rarely has something to do with you. But by the time you finish your, your six-minute walk, you've already built up a whole thing. Oh, it's because I didn't save a seat for that person at the last thing, and then now and he's going to be upset at me for that. How about all those 96 times he didn't do this for me, right? By the time you get home, you're already, we're, we're at war. Meantime, it has probably has nothing to do with any of the places your head went. That's, that's human nature. We tend, to, we tend to build up these stories in our head, right? We have this junk on our hearts. We have this, this stuff on our hearts. When you have that stuff on your heart, it's impossible to connect to another person, at least not fully. It's very hard to connect when, you, when you're sitting there and you've perceived some kind of, of insult or some kind of, uh, some kind of a harm that somebody's done to you. That may never have happened. It's very hard to connect, right? I don't know much about uh, metalwork, but apparently when you have two pieces of iron that you're trying to meld together, if there's rust on one of them or on both of them, you can't do it. You have to first get rid of that rust. You can't, you can't uh, combine two pieces of metal. Same is true for Jewish hearts. When you have this this weight, this garbage on, on the heart. You can't ha- people can't connect when there's stuff on their hearts. It's just, it's, it, it's too much. Now, I don't know, it's not clear from his words, but I would guess to say that he's not just saying that you and I can't connect if I have a problem with you. But it could be that you and I can't really connect if I have a problem with somebody else or if you have a problem with somebody else. If there's stuff on our hearts, if our hearts are not at ease, it's very hard for people to connect. It's hard for people to think. We know this. If you just think, think we could all, I'm sure within the, the last not long period of time, we could all think of situations that we've been through that I probably could have, could have been a better friend. I could have been a better husband. I could have been a better wife. I could have been a better parent. I could have been a better brother, right? I could have been better, but I had my own stuff going on, which in retrospect, in retrospect, I, 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 it really wasn't that important, right? I remember we're hearing this once on a, I think it was in a parenting class, but it had more to do with marriage, which was if you, when, you're, when you get into a fight with a spouse, if you think, stop to think to yourself, what are the chances that in a week from now I'm going to remember what this fight was even about? 
Forget that. Okay, if, it, if you remember in a week from now, maybe, what are the chances you can remember it a day from now? How many times do people get into these big fights and a day later, they can't even remember what was, what was the trigger, right? That means, I had, I had a friend, I'll tell you a little, a little story. Growing up, I, I'm not going to say I'm not a laid-back person, but I'm not the most laid-back person. I grew up in a little bit of a more structured home. And I, I, I think I was always somewhat laid back, but I, was never, I wasn't the most laid back. I had a friend who was my best friend growing up. He was the most laid back person I ever met. Still to this day, he's the most laid back person I ever met. He came from parents that were the most laid back people I ever met. He came from diary diarists of laid back people. It, like he was the kind of guy that, you know, if we had a flight at 8 o'clock, we're going somewhere, at like 7.40, he'd pull up to the house. And I would say, we're going to miss the flight. And he'll say, okay, so we'll get on the next one. Like things didn't phase him. And one of the things at the time used to frustrate me to no end, but at this point in my life I realized he would always say to me when I would get upset at him, because every once in a while I'd get upset, like, we're here, we're waiting for something, you showed up late, like he was, and it wasn't that he was trying to show up late, it's not you, you although you're also one of the most laid back people I know, but it wasn't you, I would sometimes get upset at him, like, you don't have any concern for other people. And he would say to me always like this, and he meant it 100% sincerely, he would say to me, when you're 70 years old, are you going to be still, still be upset about this? If you will be, then I want to have a conversation about it. I want to deal with it because then it's something real. If you won't be, then it's really not that important. <laughs> okay? Now, when I was 19 years old, it, wasn't, it didn't really land the way he meant it to land. But as I've got, grown older, you realize there's a lot of truth to that, right? If, if it's really not that important enough that you're going to remember it, some period of time later, then it's probably not that important today either, right? It's not, we get, how many times we get so worked up about things and we get so fatracht with things that really don't really matter because the proof is that by tomorrow, I'm not going to be so upset about it anymore. I don't really care about it. So, but, but, we, but we let this stuff rust our hearts and that prevents us Okay, I'm not saying there's nothing to ever get upset about. There are things that are legitimately to get upset about. Most of the stuff that we get ourselves worked up and we let put a layer of rust on our hearts, most of that stuff is not really so important. And it, all, all, it, all it serves, all it does is it, it prevents us from connecting with other people. It prevents us from connecting because I'm worked up about something that I shouldn't be worked up about. So we need, we need to keep that in, in perspective. Is this something that's worthwhile? Whether it's the person I'm upset about or if it's going to affect something else. I'm upset about my partner in work and therefore I come home and I don't have the patience for my children. Is that worth it? Is, is it something that's worth it? Usually, again, I'm not saying 100% of the time. There are obviously things in life that we need to address, but usually it's not. Usually if we really, if we could take a step back from that moment, we would say it really is not, this is not something that your kid should suffer from or that your spouse should suffer from or your friend should suffer from or the guy sitting next to you in shul. For, I mean, you've, you've, seen, you've seen it in shul. You have guys, one Shabbos, a guest walks in and he's like, yeah, here, please sit here. I don't, I don't need my seat. I'm going to go stand over there. And the next Shabbos, some guy accidentally sat in your seat and you're ready to kill him, right? Why is that? Because last Shabbos you were in a better headspace and this Shabbos you're not in such a good headspace, right? It rarely has to do with the person who is the target of the animosity. So he's saying that this idea, it's, it's just like two pieces of iron that I want to meld together. If there's a lot of rust there, I can't do it. Kodesh, so what does Shabbos do? Right? We said Shabbos is the secret of unity. Shabbos is what brings us to unity. Shabbos cleanses our, our hearts. She Eden Hanafashis, it's the it's the Aden, it's Ganadin of the souls. On Shabbos, whether we realize it or not, our Nishamas, we 
as we get older, we realize it more and more, right? But Sha, our souls are, cannot wait for lich benching on, on Friday afternoon. Our souls are waiting a whole week because they tap into their source. We know that Shabbos is uh, 160th of Gan Eden. We know that our, our, our souls know that Shabbos is home. They're waiting to get back home. Lisadin Bavos, this is from the from the, the Zemer of Ka'ekhsoif. These are words from Ka'ekhsoif. She Adin Bavos that we could take pleasure, we can delight in Hashem's in the love for Hashem and the and the reverence of Hashem, the fear of Hashem. Meaning Shabbos, what it does is by its very nature, Shabbos rinses off that rust from our hearts. Shabbos, we know ourselves that Shabbos, Friday could be crazy and Friday could be full of stress. And once we light the candles, once we make Kiddush, there's a certain peace. You could be, no matter what's going on in your week, it comes down a notch or two when one Shabbos comes. I mean, sometimes it takes a little bit of work, but it automatically, there's nothing I can do anymore, right? Just, just on the basic halachic level, you could be having the craziest week at work, but I know now, as soon as, as, soon as I, we light candles, as soon as we make Kiddush, I can't, there's nothing I can do about it for the next 24, 25 hours. There's just nothing I can do about it. So there's a certain acceptance, and we sort of let go of some of that. And we have to, if we really tap into Shabbos, we can let go even more of it. But it's automatic. It's built into Shabbos that no matter what was going on during the week, you're taking, you're catching your breath. You're, and that purifies, that washes away some of the rust that's on our hearts. That takes away some of that. L'chein, ha-Shabbos may be Therefore, if what Yaakov was telling us is that the secret to bring Gula faster is by connecting Jewish hearts, by getting along with each other, so then Shabbos, is a very important ingredient to that. Shabbos helps us do that. Our problem is maybe we don't hold on to that enough or we don't let it do it enough. But Shabbos is, is one of the key ingredients. If we were to tap into Shabbos, we would, we would, that would, it would bring that about. Right, even just think about what we do on Shabbos. We tend to have bigger meals on Shabbos, right? How often do you sit down with a lot of people during the week? Once in a while, but, but how often do you sit down? On Shabbos, we tend to have bigger meals. Shul is, is more full on Shabbos. I think I, I would, I'd venture to say that any shul in the world has a bigger crowd on a Shabbos morning. Maybe it's because there are less minyanim scheduled during the week. They might have seven chakrases, and Shabbos there's only one or two. But there's a certain achdus in the air on Shabbos. Right? We say, you're walking during the week, when you walk down the street, you're not saying happy Wednesday, but you, you say good Shabbos to people. Right? You say, you say uh, I was actually in a neighborhood. I won't say which neighborhood. It's nothing negative about the neighborhood. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I was walking to shul at about a 25-minute walk to the place that I was davening because I was there for a simcha. And... I, I, one of the things that bothered me was a 25-minute walk. At, I left the house probably around 8.35 in the morning and I, to get to a 9 o'clock davening, and I passed a total of like nine people the whole way. I only got a chance to say good Shabbos nine times. Mm-hmm. Here, I walked from, from my house to Hashivenu eight minutes, and I say good Shabbos to 45 people Shabbos morning. There's something nice about that, to say good Shabbos. I don't know, most of the 45 people, I don't know who they are. But you get a chance to say good Shabbos to people. It's not, it's not, a, it's not a, the fact that that place is more rural and there's less people. It's not a negative about that place. But I, I kind of missed it. I missed that ability to say good Shabbos to a lot of people as I was walking to Shul Shabbos morning. Right? That Shabbos is, by its nature, there's a certain achtos. There's a certain coming together of people. And that's part of the site of Geula, the, the, the secret of redemption that Yaakov revealed. Yisrael was the first uh, Slalom Rebbe. How good and how pleasant it is. Sheves Achim Gam Yachad. 
when brothers sit together. We know that every single Jew on his own is a candle. That the candle of Hashem is the soul of, of man. But when Jews combine together like brothers, with love of the hearts, right? what happens when you put multiple candles? Right? If you're ever someplace for, uh, you have to make Havdalah and you don't have a, a Havdalah candle, what do you do? You don't just take one candle. You put at least two candles together. When you put two candles together, you create a torch. You create a torch. When you join Jews together, when you create a torch out of Jewish souls, you chase away all of the all of the dark side, all of the all of the powers of the other side. The and you and you and you uh, you chase away all of the people who do averis. If you think about it, also yourself. Most of the averis we do tend to be in private. Part of that's because of shame. Part of that's because it's easier to get away with. But most, generally when we're with other Jews, we're not committing as many of errors or certainly not the same, the severity of, of such of errors as when we're, when we're alone. Right? Because it, when you're connecting with other Jews, you're, there's a certain power there that just drives away the Yetzirah. Except for maybe talking in shul, that's the <laughs> that's the one yitzhar that seems to that team seems to be amplified with the more Jews there are together. But but in general, averes tend to be the the fewer people you have, the pa- more powerful the yitzhar tends to be. This is what Yaakov is saying that when you, you have to gather together, that is gula. That chases away. And you think about, I'm not going to start going through examples, but think about every victory in Jewish history came about when Jews were together, right? Mordechai and Esther, they, comb- they got all the Jews together, gather all the Jews, all that, when Jews get together, the other side loses its power. I mean, even, even looking in Eretz Yisrael right now, the power of Jews combining with each other is creating tremendous, we can feel it. We, I, we can't explain it. None of us can explain it, but we all feel it, right? We feel that the fact that Jews are getting along is, is, is giving us tremendous power. We're, we're, we're feeding off of that. This is one of the things that the Baruch Shem Tov HaKadosh introduced. He introduced, not learning Bechavrusa, but that Chevraya Kedisha, that was one of the Baal Shem Tov's innovations, was that people, not necessarily even with a Rav, Chevra should get together, like we're doing now on a smaller scale, but Chevra should get together and learn with each other and, and lift each other up and give, give, give chizuk to each other. That was the, one, of the, one of the ideas. Before the Baal Shem Tov came along, in most of rural Ukraine, Jews could go weeks without seeing another Jew. They would, the Baal Shem Tov changed that. The guys should get together. They have, yeah, they're working hard all day, all week, but they should find a few minutes to get together. After Meyer and Shul, to sit together a little bit, to give each other chizuk, to, to boost each other up. Right? They were even in certain Hasidic circles, they were even, they would get together and they would confess their sins to each other and try to give each other chizuk, how to overcome different Yetzirahs. This draws down all of the, all of the lights. And this draws down the light of Mashiach. We know this is the famous Gemara. We all, everybody knows this. We usually talk about a Tishabov time. But right? we know the first base of English was destroyed for the three cardinal sins. Comes Bayesheni and it's destroyed because of Sinaschinim, baseless hatred. The Kosha, and the big question always on this is that Ray Sinaschinim, Hirak Isr Lav. 
right? And even the, the, the Mepharshim have a little trouble exactly deciding which lav it is. It's, it's a negative commandment. That's, that's something that's not good to, tr- to transgress, but it doesn't come anywhere near to the three cardinal sins. And yet, the first base of English was only destroyed for 70 years, and the second base of English is destroyed for, we're going on almost 2,000 years at this point, right? Why was it so severe that it brought about the destruction of the base of English that hasn't been built for 2,000 years? This is a question that was, is always discussed around Tisha B'Av time, right? Like, okay, is not a, it's not a nice thing, it's not a good thing, but it doesn't sound so terrible. So he's saying here, he's explaining, it's not, it's not a punishment. It's a result. It's a consequence. What does sinas chinam do? If I hate you for no reason, you hate him for no reason, he hates him, that means we're all individuals. Each one of we're all on our own. We're not joining together. If we hate each other, we're not joining together. We just explained what brings gula when Klai Yisrael is all as one. The more unity, the closer we get to gula. Beis Amikdash is built by the Jewish people being together, being united. Because this is the secret of, of redemption, the future redemption, that's why you think about it. What is, what is if, if, you, if you really thought about Averis, if you think about most Averis, most Averis that a person commits it brings them some kind of pleasure. It brings them some kind of, some kind of uh, benefit, some kind of physical pleasure, some kind of emotional pleasure, right? Whatever, pick your, pick, pick your favorite Avera, right? It brings you something. There's one that's really an exception to that, which is Lashon Hara. Lashon Hara brings no physical pleasure. It brings no real emotional pleasure. And yet, it seems to be like one of the biggest Yetzirahs. Right? Why? Because the Yetzirah works so hard at that, because he knows that this is the secret. What does Lashon Hara cause? Lashon Hara causes baseless hatred. Baseless hatred prevents the Beis HaMikdash from being rebuilt. That's what he wants. So if you think about it, it's one of the most irrational mitzvahs. A guy is walking down the street and he smells a, a non-kosher hamburger and he can't control himself and he goes into the store and he buys it and he eats it. So it's a bad thing. He did a bad thing. But we understand that, okay, he had a physical desire. He gave into that physical desire. Okay, he has to do chubis, but at least it's understandable. I told a juicy piece of gossip. What did I get out of that? Did I feel, did my body feel better? Right, that guy who ate the hamburger, at least for those couple of minutes he was eating the hamburger, he was really enjoying himself. He, he had a physical, what do you get? But the, the answer is, it has nothing to do with your physical desire. The Yitzhahara spends good chunk of his energy trying to get us to, 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 to create period because he knows that our, and by the way, it's not just the Yitzhahara, it's all of our enemies. You see this all the time. When, what, 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 what prompts at, at any time in Jewish history that, the, that, that we were attacked is because when they noticed that we're not exactly on the same page, right? When we, the more period we have, the more, the, more, the more dissonance there is in the Jewish world, the, 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 they know it's a good time to attack. When we're all, on, when we're all together, it, we're, it's not a time to attack us, right? Uh, he wants to create these kinds of uh, separations. Because the secret of redemption is hidden inside of our achdus. That was what Yaakov, that was the revelation of Yaakov. When he told them to gather together. The Zara that we said before. Everything, and this is, I really think, this, these last few words, you have to learn the whole Torah, but this is the thing. Everything Yaakov needed to reveal to us, everything we needed to know 
about Golis and Geula, he revealed to us in those few words, that Yaakov is telling us the secret. All the other stuff, of course, is important. You have to learn more. You have to daven better. You have to eat, keep a kosher home. You have to do all these things. But Yaakov is get, telling us the secret. There's one area that ends the whole story, that even if you're not zeichet for Gula, you become zeichet for Gula. So we hope, we, Baruch Hashem, we're seeing, we're seeing a level of achdus that we haven't seen in a while in Klai Yisrael. Hopefully that will, that we'll learn that lesson and we'll continue it. The war should be over right away and the achdus should continue to grow and we should see the Gula that Yaakov Inu told us and we're, we're, now, we're now seeing it come to fruition. We should see it come to full fruition in Mitzvah very quickly.